Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. You're listening to The Hash, Rehash Edition. Let's get caught up on last month's biggest stories in crypto. Now it's time to rehash it out, all on the Coindesk Podcast Network. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Hello and welcome to Hash. We're joined today by George Sondali, David Morris, Wendy O, and Jen Sanasi. And we have Will Foxley as well. Three Arrows Capital is a hedge fund that is looking pretty bleak at the moment. Three Arrows Capital put out a tweet yesterday saying that they are looking at resolving the situation with their funding after being liquidated by at least a few different large lenders in the space. At the moment, we don't have a lot of information or insights into Three Arrows Capital's book. At one point, they had about $18 billion under management through both VC investments and just also trading. Of course, I was at the peak of this bull run, so November 2021. Since then, Bitcoin's price and all these assets prices have bled out. So their assets under management were probably around $3 billion. It looks like they had a $400 million liquidation on their books, which put them into an insolvency period. Pretty tough look. Zach, I want to throw this one up to you, get your take on it. Yeah, that was the tweet coming out of silence after much speculation in the market as to whether or not 3AC was down bad. And that tweet, oh man, that's a statement right there. This is the follow-on effects of what's happening in the market right now. And we're seeing titans. These are titans of the trading world suggesting that you know things aren't as great as they once were. So watching that stuff happen, watching it unfold on chain through labeled wallets is something that our reporters and others in the space are doing. And it is quite the sight to behold. The situation here of these interlinkages, I mean, that's what this story is really about. Then the search for yield and the search for business model, there are companies relying on other companies relying on other companies. And there is within the crypto circle potentials for spillover effects. And I think what Celsius has done is initiated some of those dominoes. Some people are going to be strong enough to weather that. Others may be in dicey shape right now. We may learn more about that soon. But it is interesting to watch sort of these questions about these interlinkages and their robustness in these times of crisis. That's the big question that stories like this are really about. But one of the things that I want to kind of add to this is this type of behavior happens in TradFi. It happens in traditional business. A lot of businesses are kind of interlinked and they work together and they rely on each other. So it's not something that we haven't seen in traditional markets. It's nothing new. 
It's just with crypto, I feel like it's a little bit different because we still don't have like set regulation from the SEC. Just had to throw that out there. Good thought. Good point. We're going to talk about Voyager Digital, which is a big time crypto broker, also publicly traded in Canada. We're talking about the incremental update here that they've cut their daily withdrawal limit to $10,000 down from $25,000. But the big story here is that the ramifications of making a big old loan to Three Arrows Capital, they are rearing their ugly head. They saw their stock price tank about 60% yesterday in stock market trading. And now there are serious concerns from people in the street as to whether or not they can survive this crisis. Pretty crazy to see. But now again, we are seeing the ripple effects of Three Arrows Capital not being especially solvent at the moment. So I'm going to toss this straight to Will for his thoughts on the latest from Voyager. What's going on here, man? What's the deal? Okay, let's talk about Voyager Digital, which is experiencing a lot of liquidity issues and their stock is taking a pummeling because of that. They lost about $700 million to Three Arrows Capital. What seems to be Three Arrows Capital basically taking people's money, high leverage trading it on long tokens, and then burning and exploding. Seems Voyager was loaning out a lot of money, Three Arrows Capital, and now they are on the short end of the stick. Of course, a lot of firms came out in this basically unscathed or doing okay. So Galaxy Digital was one firm that was able to get out of it, it seems. BlockFi was also able to get out of it. There was a few other firms that had loaned a lot of money to Three Arrows Capital and were able to get out by seizing collateral that they had on the books from Three Arrows. But that was not the case for every firm, right? So we see with Voyager Digital, they are stuck with nothing. And I know that Three Arrows Capital is trying to use some of the assets they still have on their books in order to get themselves out of the situation. But it's tough, right? Because what you have with Three Arrows Capital is basically two types of assets, either VC investments that are illiquid and not going to be worth anything for quite a while, or tokens that plunged in price so dramatically and so quickly that your collateral didn't become worth much unless you, for some reason, wanted to have that Bitcoin. Most people want dollars, though. So most people got the tokens, they got the assets off the books, and now Three Arrows Capital is left with this VC e-liquid holdings in future startups that could be worth something one day, but that's not enough to appease stockholders for Voyager Digital right now. Zach, throwing it back up to you. Yeah, you're also starting to see some you know, token lock schedules hitting crypto Twitter as to uh, 3AC's holding. So it's going to be interesting to see if some of the tokens that they're holding see a dip in price when they become unlocked and are potentially sold to make up for some of these shortfalls elsewhere. So I mean, when we're talking about Voyager here, this is no small chunk of change, right? They lent 3AC over 15,000 Bitcoin and 350 million in USDC, right? So it's something like present value of at least $600 million was lent to 3AC Largely, I'd imagine, on the reputation of Three Arrows Capital being pretty sophisticated traders in the market. But I think what is being exposed now is that that's not necessarily the case. They're down bad. And these are some of the ripple effects that we're seeing play out across the industry. Wendy, curious for your thoughts. I'm going to throw it your way. What do you see in here when you see this Voyager story? It's all bad to me. It's kind of scary because we put a lot of trust into these centralized platforms because, let's face it, we use these brokers, use these exchanges as a great way to onboard and buy Bitcoin or whatever crypto asset you want. And we've now seen the effects of maybe trusting parties who weren't necessarily trustworthy. I'm hoping that things get better, but at the same time, we need to note that they are going to probably be dumping on the open market when we do get these token unlocks because they're going to have to pay some of their creditors back. I know, I'm reading some of the, the rumors on the internet and you know, supposedly there's you seeking legal help and whatnot. 
but I don't know if that's going to be enough to kind of sustain the market. And I think once we actually see them capitulate, that's when we'll see Bitcoin capitulate and we'll start to actually move sideways for the remainder of the bear market. Where in the world is Suzu and Kyle Davies? Well, they're not in Dubai. So the only three hours capital we know of in Dubai is an air conditioning company and not the mega hedge fund that blew up two weeks ago. Zach, I'm going to throw this one over to you for your take on it. Really interesting and great reporting from Sam Reynolds following up on Three Arrows Capital, saying they were based in Dubai, but none of the paperwork was there. I'm here for the where in the world is Carmen San Diego illusion, and I would ape in hard to any NFTs that are produced in the Carmen <laughs> San Diego canon. So just FYI, speaking to emotional attachments to old game slash toy brands, that one needs to be stated. Thank you, Will. About the story itself, this is a fantastic little find, right? Three Arrows Capital sort of made it known through some Coindesk reporting, actually, that they were in the process of moving to Dubai. And then according to statements made publicly on stage, they were also looking to bring in about $5 billion for some fresh funding. So the fact that this was in the works, this was announced at the end of April. Obviously, we know what has happened in the intervening time period. Clearly, there was the Luna implosion in which 3AC was involved. And subsequently, they've faced alleged insolvency and quite a bit of drama and bad headlines. So the time aspect here is important. Even if this was to be in the works, those plans may have been derailed hard by the market condition that they faced and market condition that they you know, abated in its quick, quickly deteriorating state. So the fact that they didn't get this one over the finish line doesn't necessarily surprise me looking at the timing of this, but it is always good to consult the public record and to confirm with regulators as to whether or not the stated plans of a crypto company were ultimately followed through upon by the letter of the law. And in this instance, that doesn't seem to be the case. David, saw you. Uh, so I'm actually just going to offer a, a theory for the uh, question that was posed earlier. I think uh, Suzu and Kyle Davies are in the trunk of a Nissan that they borrowed from Carlos Gosen in a shipping container on the way to a non-extradition country. That's my theory. But uh, <laughs> other than that... Uh, other than that, I, I don't know what the takeaway is here from this particular piece of news, except that, yeah, a lot of things that were in progress are not going to happen. Oh, yeah. Jen's I just have first. a quick little tidbit to add to Zach, what you were saying. In the story, it says it actually only takes four to five days to register a company in Dubai. While the timeline was tight from when they announced it till what happened, it wouldn't have mm. taken that long if they were actually in the process of doing this. And so makes you think, but we'll... Yeah, I mean, Suzu is well known for counter trading his Twitter following. And I guess that applies also to where he's going to live, right? So he famously fudded Ethereum back in November 2020. And then his firm bought a bunch of it during the preceding dip. Seems like it did the same thing with Dubai, right? They talked about Dubai, like all of this last spring, they're all about Dubai. It's the best place for digital assets. We're going to move there. And then they didn't even move. And it seems that they're still in Singapore and trying to figure out how to get themselves out of this hole. There's a lot of new information coming out about Three Arrows Capital right now. I know there's a, supposed to be a podcast, I think, coming out from Castle Island Ventures talking about hmm. what is happening with Three Arrows Capital. And I expect there to be some awesome Coindesk reporting and maybe even some like big leagues, Wall Street Journal, New York Times profiles about these two guys who ran a $10 billion hedge fund into the ground. Zach, quote unquote. Quote unquote. They'll allegedly. Allegedly. They'll get there. The Wall Street Journal just had their big Do Quan piece. All right. Yeah. I will say that that podcast is really good. Check it out. It's called On the Brink with Castle Island. And they go into 
some spicy allegations at the very least, and some interesting details about the root of 3AC's problems. So really interesting piece. If you want to go check that out, it's a good podcast if you want to dig deep into this topic. But yeah, 3AC, man, the contagion is real. We're seeing this play out with Voyager, most notably. I think there was a report from the Wall Street Journal not too long ago saying that FTX was in the process of potentially acquiring parts of the Voyager digital business. So yep. this all stems from you know some loans. And I think the way that 3AC played this one as conveyed in the podcast is they were trying to hit home runs. And sometimes when you try to hit home runs, when you're down bad, sometimes you strike out. And it appears that they took on some pretty staggering risks to hit a grand slam and they did not hit that grand slam. Will, back to you for last thought. Yeah, wasn't there a report this morning that FTX is looking at getting a share in BlockFi also? I saw that right before we jumped on. So it seems to be that there's going to be some consolidation out of the contagion we saw over the last yeah. few weeks. There's some buzzwords for you. David, throw it to you for last take. I was just going to say, they didn't necessarily use this language themselves, but a lot of people refer to Three Arrows as a hedge fund. At the same time, we have ARC from Kathy Wood, which is also a hedge fund. And uh, I feel like people have forgotten that the point of a hedge fund is that you hedge and not take these big swings and try and have consistent returns in all market conditions. Where you're wrong, so friend. I think the, the, the definition of that term, uh, I think it's lost all meaning at this point, and it's just about gambling. Maybe that's where we stop. Hedge fund means levered long. That's what it means these days. Yeah. I have the next story. Singapore's central bank is not happy with crypto hedge fund Three Arrows Capital, or 3AC as we know it, for allegedly misleading it with false information. So the monetary authority said 3AC failed to disclose ownership information and exceeded the threshold set for assets under management. The fund was supposedly allowed to manage funds for 30 investors, not exceeding 180 million USD. But the bank lays out multiple periods where 3AC allegedly went over those requirements. The central bank also said that 3AC didn't notify changes in directorships and shareholding positions within the required timeline and you know, lays out some other details about the transfer of management of its fund to an entity in the British Virgin Islands. 3AC was founded in Singapore in 2012, and as Coindesk has been covering in detail, it has suffered some heavy losses during this market downturn. The fund was reported as possibly insolvent earlier this month after it saw around 400 million USD in liquidations. We've, of course, seen the damage spill over to other platforms from Voyager to now Genesis. So I'm going to throw this to Zach first to see if he can add some more color. I think the Singapore crypto scene is not not looking good. Singapore was supposed to be like the hub of crypto. And I think like, you know, they were sort of like, OK, we'll we'll take a cautiously optimistic approach to regulating this industry. And sure enough, there's been a few black eyes with Three Arrows Capital probably being the biggest black eye of them all. Right. And I think what we've seen is the monetary authority of Singapore sort of tighten its stance on crypto regulations. That's something that Sondali and others on the regulatory team have been covering pretty thoroughly. So I think that in terms of the broader scene there, this is a setback for Singapore. And it's going to be interesting to see if another municipality in the Far East can sort of harness some of that energy. Because I think Singapore has made many a statement in recent months suggesting that they're going to be far more cautious about the crypto industry going forward. And this one, you know, this warning, right? This, hey, you shouldn't have done that. This reprimand certainly is in line with that. I'll toss it to Jen, though, for her thoughts. George's hand went up. George, I'll go after okay. you. I'll go. Okay, so we already kind of touched on this. Almost all of our stories are tied to 3Rs Capital. You know, that sucks for them. 
And I know very little about the regulatory inner workings of Singapore. So who knows how much trouble to actually get into. But this might be a break for them because, you know, and this is going to be sound so mean, but they might not be over that AUM number that they cited in the article, right? What's it, 150 million AUM? Like if they're insolvent, they're not above that anymore. So like, they're going to get in any trouble. Does the monetary authority of Singapore have, you know, a lot of teeth? What's going to happen here? Does anyone know? No? No, George. I don't think I we really... don't know. Uh, Stop asking yeah. us if we know anything beyond this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Jen. <laughs> I think I think this oh, is just a lesson. <laughs> I think this is a lesson that speaks towards playing nice with regulators. The regulation in Singapore, outside of Singapore, is very unclear. And when something goes wrong, and I think we just need to assume no matter where we're playing in this industry, something will eventually go wrong. It might not be to the extent that Three Arrows Capital is experiencing right now, but when something goes wrong, if you haven't played by the rules that have been set out, the regulators are going to be looking at you under a magnifying glass and find all those things. So I think this is just a lesson in playing nice. If you have registered with the regulator, just look at what you are required to do and do those things so that when something goes wrong, you can say, hey, we did this, or at least we tried. That's on Yeah, exactly. And to what Zach said, this is also on the regulator a little bit, right? Singapore is often held as like a standard for regulating crypto. They're very, very careful by reputation. But here, I think the big point to take here is that there were gaps where 3AC overexceeded their limitations on how much money they can handle. And the regulators sort of missed that. It's like, what were you watching? This is like one of the biggest platforms in the world in this industry. Like, you know, how did you miss this? All these other details about changes in management and things like that, like those are minor things and can distract from the bigger point, which is the capital issue and what they were doing with that. So I agree with Zach that this is a kind of setback for Singapore as a regulator. So it would be interesting to see how it responds to this market downturn and all these like insolvencies and liquidations. I mean, it would be sad, but if they go even more restrictive on crypto, then, you know, they already tried to be. It would be kind of sad. But given what has happened, that's something we could expect. George. Last thing, all the regulars had to do was go on Twitter and see Suzu be like, hey, man, 100,000 ETH is just dust to me. And that's a lot of money. So, you know, he's saying stuff like that. Anyway, I think Jen's next. So go ahead. Twitter, man. I'll let Zach have the final thought before we move on. I was just saying there's like a lot of sad identified wallets where it's Suzu sending $1,500 and people being like, oh, 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 he flew too close to the sun, that three arrows capital, and he crashed down to earth. Anyway, a human tale. You've been listening to The Hash on the Coindesk Podcast Network. We would like to hear from you. So if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, The Hash, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. 
Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secured Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FTIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.